Welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fing. All right, we're back. Episode 77. Yep. Let's get right into it. Um, let's start off with a little story, man. Um, I came from Food Max a couple hours ago, and as I was shopping, getting my snacks for the week, I ran into this security guard. This guy pops up. Why do you always hear those fucking sirens? Because you be shooting people in your neighborhood. Yeah. As soon as we start talking, they'll be like, Wee-wee. <laughs> it reminded me of the Lil Wayne album. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fireman Wee-wee. coming. Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, the song with Bobby Valentino. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee>. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, I, I was at the store and I ran into a security guard that was like Food Max security guard. Mm-hmm. And like this guy walks up to me and he has like a grocery cart and it has like meat and food and shit in it. And he's like, hey, man, hey, hey, I need you to take a picture of me, man. And I was just like, thought he was playing. And I was like, what? He's like, I need you to take a picture of me, man. So I sent it to my boss. And I was like, um, okay. So this guy hands me the phone. He said, I need it. Yeah, I'm trying to get that promotion, man. So he wanted me to take a picture of him. Holding food that he stopped a, a shoplifter from taking away. And it was like some meat that was like leaking and it looked all dry and bloody and shit. And then he had, like he said, take a picture of me with the meat and then take a picture of the, the food in the cart. So I did both. And he's like, oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I walked off and I just was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> right. And what it what it made me realize is that we live in a world full of people that want credit for everything. Mm-hmm. Like motherfucker, would it hurt you to just do your job? And if you get a promotion, it should be because you did your job, not because you took selfies of you return like getting stuff that was taken from a shoplifter. Yeah, I felt so disgusted taking a picture of this motherfucker with me. Yeah, I wanted to tell him like, "Hey, man, fuck off." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like you're trying to do too much of the job. You're really not going to advance that. Trust me, I-, I did security when I was 19 years old. Worst fucking experience of my life. Yeah. And this guy's looking for a promotion at that shit. Like, man, get. Yeah, I don't know what kind of promotion you're going to get as a security guy. I don't know. They, yeah. they have like supervisors or whatever, but it's like I, doing security is a thankless job. I, I wouldn't want to ever do that. But it just, it what made me sick is more or less that he wanted credit for doing his job. I think that the only credit you'll, you deserve is unforced, like, okay, this guy's doing his job. This guy showed up every day. This guy did this. But sending selfies to your boss. Mm-hmm. That's the worst ass kissing ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you get out of that, but we, we just everybody wants credit for something. Like you, you give a sandwich to a homeless person, you want credit for that. You yeah. take a selfie of the homeless man without his fucking permission. Yeah, people got to stop take this. Look, folks, stop taking pictures of homeless people without their permission. Yeah, you got the homeless person eating food that you gave them and they look all confused because you're taking pictures with the flash on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homeless guy's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I I think the only, and it's not really okay in this instance, but I see sometimes like street photographers where they won't won't do it as, they're not taking picture of the person. It's more so like that. The ambiance, yeah. so it's not necessarily like their face and yeah, it's like the pr- prominent thing in the image, but yeah, they'll I can be see sleep. Some stuff like that, yeah. Um, but my mama had actually taken a picture like that. Uh-huh. She wanted to do like a a thing, but they were like smiling in the picture, so okay. you could tell that they agreed to take the picture. There you go. Yeah, but as far as the um, you know, getting credit for everything, I agree. I feel like just do your job and find comfort in the fact that you're doing your job really good right 
I don't is what's the isn't there a protocol where you're not necessarily supposed to stop people um, that are stealing? I don't know. I, I don't know to what extent what laws have changed. What has went on? All I know is this: this motherfucker had a shopping cart full of food, and he yeah. was he was ecstatic about it, and yeah. he wanted me to take a picture of it. Yeah, they probably threw a lot of that food away anyways after they stole it. But yeah, I think you know. This is like you right. I'm sure he probably posted that on Instagram, and you know, he's a uh, Captain Save him today. And, yeah, you know, almost almost being too serious about your job. Yeah, you know? but it, he just want this motherfucker. Just it, just as a society, we want credit for everything. Yeah, things that we really shouldn't want credit for. I've seen motherfuckers be like, uh, I don't know. They'll be like, uh, Yeah, uh, just got this. I just upgraded this car and then I got another car, but you know, that's how we do it. Like you want credit for having a car. Like we yeah. all have cars, motherfucker. What's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. uh, somebody like I was born thick. I got a big booty. Okay. You want credit for having a big ass. What is that going to do for you? Mm-hmm. What the fuck do you want? What do you? Yeah. It doesn't, the only credit I'm concerned about is my credit score. That's the only fucking thing I'm yeah. worried about. Because yeah. <laughs> you you can relate, especially if anybody who has had really bad credit, you know how you know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Your motherfucking credit. And the crazy thing is, these people that want all these selfies and probably give them to the homeless, they probably got a credit score of a 400. <laughs> they out here doing. <laughs> yeah, you out here doing all of this, all this bullshit for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, man, you know, just do your job and do your job well. Don't don't be asking random people to take a picture of you. Yeah. I also hate when black people that need something only go to the black person when they need something. <laughs> I'm sure there was two white people that walked by and they asked you. <laughs> Why don't you go fucking ask? Go ask Tanner. Why'd you ask Tyrone? Go ask fucking Tanner. I see it all the time. Like, I'll be <laughs> pumping gas or something. I'm the brokest person in the parking lot, and a black person will walk up to me like, hey, you got any spare change, brother? I'd be yeah. like, I ain't got it. Yeah, you're trying to use that unity shit. That yeah. don't work. That don't, that don't apply when you're asking me for change, man. <laughs> like, hey, what's going on? I've had that happen. They'd be like, what's going on, my strong black brother? <laughs> That's when I knew this nigga was going to ask me for something. <laughs> Hey, my strong black brother, how you doing this morning? I'm like, I'm good, man. I was wondering if you could borrow, you know, if I could borrow some change. I'm thinking like, like, nigga, do you understand the concept of borrow? Yeah. Like, are you ever, I should have asked you, you going to get this back? <laughs> you going to get this back or what? Yeah. yeah. He probably would have been mad. Like, what? you? I'm like, nigga, you know what borrow means, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, never mind, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, stupid. That's funny. All right, switching gears. Uh, Keith has a story about him having to reject someone. Um, it, he's not. We obviously don't use names when we bring up these scenarios and stories. Yeah. Uh, but Keith, give a little bit of, of uh, context behind this whole story. So we we talked about a few weeks ago about um, just the power in saying no and you know being strong enough in yourself to say no to people when you don't feel like doing certain things. And uh, I had the opportunity come up to actually practice this so we were my friends and i were shooting a music video and i was just helping out i was doing um doing some of the sound and a guy walks by and he sees all of us out there we got camera equipment you know we got you know boom poles and all kind of stuff set up you know getting ready to shoot and the guy he walks by and he noticed us over there and you know in bakersfield there's even in la it happens because you know people are almost in there's like a semi-infatuation with this idea of shooting like movies and, you know, music videos. So 
anytime people see it, they'd be like, oh, like, what are you guys doing? Which is fine because, like, I'm equally as interested when I see a camera. Like, I seen a camera the other day and I had to call my friend like, hey, man, is somebody downtown that's shooting this uh, a video or something? And we had a whole conversation about it. So that's fine. But so this guy, he walks by, black guy, he walks by and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, he kind of walks past this person and then he kind of double back. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, we just shooting, you know, shooting a little video. He's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then he walks over to us and then he's like, uh, he's like, anybody over here, a photographer, anybody, you know, do take pictures or anything? And then uh, it, th- there's a group of like four or five of us that actually take pictures and shoot videos yeah. and stuff. But everyone pointed to me. And I'm like, yo, y'all do this probably more often than I do, but yeah. why are y'all pointing to me? So they're trying to like divert the attention to me. And um, so I was like, okay, that, you know, that's fine, whatever. And I'm actually the one that don't even have a camera in his hand. There was two people standing there with cameras <laughs> in their hand, but they, I'm the one holding a freaking sound equipment. <laughs> and they're like t- pointing to me. So I was like, all right, cool. So guy comes over, he's like, yo, um, He's like, I'm looking to like get into photography. Uh, he's like, you mind teaching me, you know, like teaching me what you know, teaching me how to shoot pictures. And then I was like, honestly, um, I'm not like I'm not even going to beat around a bush with you. Like, I just don't really have enough time to be like, yeah. you know, trying to teach you or try, whatever. I don't know what whatever this would turn into. Like, I just don't have enough time for it. Yeah. And um, he was like, uh, he's like, oh, dang, that's that's that's. He's like, all right. Um, he was like, well, w- w- would you be able to take some pictures for the NAACP, like the Black Chamber of Commerce? Like, you interested in doing that? And I'm like, nah, like, that's not really going to change my mind. Yeah. Like, I just told you I'm not going to, like, I don't have enough time to do it. So I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm sorry. And then um, he was like, all right, brother. He's like, y'all have a good one. And then he just kind of walked away. And then, yeah. and it, to me, like, it, it felt really liberating, right? Because... Yeah. <clears throat> Oftentimes, what I would do in in the past is overextend myself. Right, I would be in that situation. I would have been like, "Yo, like, yeah, just take down my number." Um, that's what he did. He also asked. He was like, "Hey, can I take down your number?" Yeah, and then I was like, "Nah, like, I'm not like we're not going to be able to work together. I'm way yeah. too busy." Which is true. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like I was lying to him. And honestly, like, I wouldn't mind helping people out, but I know in my mind that. If a situation came up where he was like hitting me up and then I'd be like, yo, I got a million other things. I have an actual job I need to do. I'm yeah. like working on that. And then I'm working with my friends and then all this other stuff. Like I knew I just wouldn't have time for him to to be doing that. And I'm also like writing scripts and stuff. Yeah. So um, when he asked for my number, I said no. So but like after all, the aftermath of all that, I felt bad in a sense, but I also felt good at the same time because I knew like. You know, I'm working on myself to to a point to where if I don't want to do something and I feel like it's going to be um, stressful or time consuming or whatever, whatever the scenario is, I know now that I have the power to just say no. Yeah. And also, like for him, there's so much information out in the world. Yeah. You know, it's cool to build a relationship with people that are like actively doing stuff. Don't start from ground zero with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I'm way too. <laughs> to in the game, you know what I mean? Like, don't come to me, like, w- with whatever. Like, don't come to me with a script unless it's sharp. Don't come to me with a podcast idea Man. unless you, like... You in it. Yeah, unless you really in it. You got an idea. You got a host. You got, you know, you know, topics you want to run through or a genre you want to pick. Exactly. Like, you got to be 
you got to have already started running for me to be able to help you and for me to want to help you. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to devote all my time, all my free time to helping someone from ground zero. Yeah. If you're not in it, if first of all, if, if there during the, the, the course of a conversation, you're you kind of are able to tell how serious someone is in regards to whatever they're asking you. Like if you talk about podcasting, if you say, look, I've done a podcast for 17 weeks straight. And I want to know how to how can I build my audience? What what is something that you guys might do? Then I'm way more willing to say, hey, man, this is what I do. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But if you say, hey, man, I was thinking about starting a podcast. I was in the word I was thinking shows that you haven't really done shit. Yeah. Like it's nothing wrong with having an idea, but it's like you could look up all the equipment you can use. And there's so much you can use different mics. Uh, mm -hmm. different computers, whatever you want to use. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, you haven't, if you haven't done any of that, then I really am not interested in talking to you. Like, yeah, I'm not making it like I'm fucking big shit, but we've done 70 now, 77 podcasts straight. Yeah. I don't want to talk to a motherfucker that with no podcast that's asking me, what is a podcast actually? Like, <laughs> nigga, <laughs> do, don't you got the internet? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. 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 But so. It's tough, man. I think, um, you know, you just kind of balance these things out, you know. Like, yeah. I was telling Eddie, I was like, even, you know, an example for him would be something in the truck driving realm. Exactly. If someone was, you know, trying to hit him up saying, like, hey, I want to get into truck driving or something, and they haven't really taken the first steps. He's too far in the game to be yeah. trying to coach someone along and, you know, you know, give somebody ideas and teach them the ins and out of truck driving. Like, you got to, you got to, you got to, um take your own steps first and then right. try to reach out to people. Right. Now yeah. don't get don't get me wrong. I don't mind training or helping anyone. But let me be the one to initiate that. Yeah. Like don't come to me like uh uh hey man, uh I don't have my license right now, but yeah. I was wondering how I could get in the truck. Well, first you got to get a regular license, man. You know, you uh, one uh, one thing also <laughs> is like, you know, one of these things that Gary V preaches is you have to go into a situation offering something. Right. And I felt like he, the way that that guy approached me, he yeah, did it nothing. backwards. Yeah. And it felt like it was like, hey, I need some help. But he's like, oh, that ain't, that ain't, uh, that didn't work on him. So let me twist it this way. Like, hey, would you be willing to do some work with the yeah. Black Chamber? Of you're Congress? trying to manipulate me, man. Yeah. 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 You're trying to, and just his presentation, I, you know, I don't want to make, uh, pass judgment, but part of his presentation didn't necessarily look like he was part of the, Black Chamber of Commerce. No. He, and he was just a guy walking by and it was hot outside. So, I, I, you know, you can't really tell, but <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt like he was just throwing that out there. Like, nigga yeah. nigga yeah. walked by sweating. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's funny. It's like, imagine somebody selling weed, but they like riding a bicycle. Mm -hmm. I would not buy weed from somebody. Yeah, that's another thing, too. <laughs> some, nigga, some Mexican dude going to stop by. <laughs> he... <dr> <laughs> This is this is Bakersfield for you. Yeah. He driving by, he stopped. He like, hey, what y'all doing? Y'all shooting a music video? And then uh one of the dudes walked up to him. We was like, Yeah, we just over here minding our business. What you doing? And he was like, Oh, that's cool, that's cool. He didn't he didn't understand that this dude named uh his name is uh Will. Mm -hmm. Will from Will from <laughs> Will's from Arkansas, he country. Mm -hmm. So he walked over to him, he's like, Yeah, we just over here minding our business. And then the Mexican dude was like, Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Like, you guys shooting a music video or something? He was like, Yeah, that's what we doing. We just minding our business. And he was, and then the Mexican dude was like, Hey, any of y'all need some weed? 
<laughs> he was like, nah, bro, we good. And then he just drove off. No, nah, I don't want your bicycle weed, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I don't smoke weed, but if I did, I would not buy it from someone on a bicycle. He wasn't on a bike. He was driving. Oh, he was driving. He, dri- he stopped in the middle of the street. Like, hey, what y'all doing? And then that's how the conversation is. Yeah, you don't just sell people weed. Like, that means you're desperate. Like, mm-hmm. if you're the person... You, you got to be more discreet about it. Like, I couldn't be on the streets just randomly trying to sell weed. Yeah. That's just stupid. That's how I you get. I don't even feel safe. That's how you get busted. Mm-hmm. Somebody be like, yeah, I want some weed. Put your hands behind your back. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine a cop doing a random arrest like that? Yeah. And like, hey, man, you want some weed? He'd be like, actually, I do want some weed. Put your hands behind your back right now. He'd <laughs> 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 do a little cop's voice. Get on the ground right now. <laughs> dog come out barking. All right, all right, all right, all right. Get your dog off me, man. It's just some weed, man. It's just some, it's weed. Just some weed, man. We we found some crack in here. I don't got no crack, man. Pol- him police planted some crack on him. You guys put that in my pocket, man. I don't got no crack, man. Oh man. All right, switching gears. Bakersfield, California, has went through a rebrand. Mm-hmm. They have rebranded the city of Bakersfield, and the new slogan is "Grounded and Boundless." Yeah, right. They did a whole. It was like a, um, uh, like a. That's the. It's so it's Bakersfield and Kern County. That right. "Grounded and Boundless" is a part of the Kern County. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, basically, there was a really nice, really uh, yeah. inspirational video. Shout out to Justin, man. He yes. really did it. Shout thing. out to Justin. Yeah. Justin is a guy that for, for all of you that follow my career, he's a he's a guy that did helped us with confessions, the, yeah. the short film confession. So shout out to Justin. Yeah, <clears throat> Justin um, did the it's like a well, not I won't call it a promotion. What was it? What would you consider? That? Um, it's just like an advertisement, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. A, like an advertisement. Really we put nice together stuff. some really good visuals to yeah go along with, and the narration was really good. Like yeah, that, that strong yeah, like strong he, country. Yeah, he uh, sounded like one of the guys from like the Ford Tough commercials. Yeah, exactly. Buy a Ford truck. <laughs> Two thousand nineteen. <laughs> it's got a two hundred fifty pound Hemi in there. <laughs> Eight million pounds of torque. <laughs> Come to Bakersfield. Uh, we pushing out all the meth, and we putting a new brand on Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> pushing out the meth, bringing in the crack. <laughs> yeah, but the video, the narration, I think that was probably one of the best things. Yeah, because it, it like Bakersfield is more like Texas than it is like Los Angeles. Yeah, like we're heavy in agriculture, we're heavy in oil. Yeah. So being and heavy we're, in racism. Yeah, (laughs) like we have all the the makeup of Texas instead of California. Yeah. Um, But this is what I will say. I think it was a great video. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think that they did a good job on pointing out all the good things that the city has to offer. Yeah. You know, number one in agriculture, the number one in oil production, um, number one destination for millennials. Yeah, number one, to, uh, yeah, for millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just highlighted all the good things, all yeah. all the factual things mm-hmm. in the city. And me and Keith are big on that. Like we're big on promoting uh, uh, the good that comes out of the city and being a part of that. So I didn't find a problem with it at all. But there was a lot of mixed reviews and mainly a lot of negative view uh, uh, yeah. opinions. Mm-hmm. On the city now, the, go ahead. 
before you get to that, um, so the reason why the rebrand is the mayor, I don't know the mayor's name. She's some Asian lady. Karen Go? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Karen Pokemon. Go. Oh, that- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen Pokemon Go, you fucking asshole. Ah, <laughs> oh, you stupid. Oh my god. Oh, now that's the name of the podcast. Pokemon Go. Oh, oh man. man. All right. So <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a topic that we mentioned on the podcast, right? We we talked about the, you know, people not being proud of where they're from. So that's part of the reason why Karen Go is, you know, I don't know if she initiated or if she, you know, helped or whatever. Who I don't know who came up with the idea first, but I like this idea because it's kind of uh, combating all the backlash that we do get from. Definitely. Like the negativity associated with Kern County and Bakersfield, right? Yeah, so, definitely. Um they even mentioned it, you know, the the armpit of Bakersfield. Uh, I think that that I don't know if that was an actual joke from a comedian. Was I don't it know. Like, I don't. I've heard it for a long time. Somebody mentioned Johnny Carson um, when it came to that 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 idea or that term. So you know, That's all crazy. these terms are coming up, and you know what 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 their plan is to get rid of all these negative stigmas associated with Bakersfield, whether it's you know drugs, homeless people, or just cows walking across the street whatever it is they just want to show that bakersfield is a like a beautiful place you know to live in a, a beautiful place to to grow a family and you know you don't have to look at it in such a bad way so um yeah i i can appreciate that that sentiment yeah um, definitely yeah <clears throat> nah but, but what i was going to say is 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 uh during the rebrand they talked about how much it costs and all that um yeah but well, you had a lot of people. It was two hundred thousand that was put into it, correct? But it yeah. was it was uh, uh, a lot of it was donations. Yeah, so I, I believe it was around forty thousand from the city. Yeah, and then the rest of it was was uh, given to the the city by private uh, private donations or private companies. Yeah, definitely. So it's probably big oil. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of that. They out They said the name. I think the hospital was one of them. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know which other one, but I do remember Adventist Health being mentioned. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, and then when you go to the comments on Facebook, you see a lot of people, this money could have went somewhere else. And, you know, this is a joke and all yeah. of this. But I think that the people of the city have adopted this. We don't give a fuck attitude. And I think that that, you know, that says a lot about them. There's a lot of neg- there's a lot of negative people out here. I don't really understand it, but there is. And I think that they've all bought into this idea or ideology of of Bakersfield. Oh, it's nothing but crime going on here. There's nothing but this going on. And, you know, they need to clean up the streets before they do these videos and spend all this money. And it's like, dude, like the same people that were criticizing, I did not see one, like anything that was uh, constructive. Yeah. If you have something constructive to offer in regards to the video, that's cool. But it was all just backlash, Mm -hmm. no substance. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I took from the video, too, though, is they show people golfing. They show people going to certain clubs in the city, like not like like nightclubs, like the Mark mm-hmm. um, and other places. And what that told me was this. That told me that b- poor people and people with money view this city completely different. Yeah, I've never seen a person that makes a lot of money talk about how much Bakersfield sucks because they always got something to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just being honest, man. Yeah. People with money be like, hey, let's go get the quads and go out here. Let's go golf over here. Let's mm-hmm. go uh, fucking, uh, let's go pull the trailer and go out of town here. Let's go do this and do that. Or let's go down to this festival that a bunch of rich people are at here in the city and have fun. Because yeah. all the fun shit happens when you actually are a part of a certain culture in the city. Yeah. But if you ain't got it like that, you're going to say the city ain't that good. Yeah. Broke niggas don't have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, man. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It, it, it Part of that is like the, the literal sense of it. Yeah. It's like you don't have money to do actual fun things. But it's right. also the mindset. Right? Exactly. Like the... The people that are the people, those comments that we see on Facebook, all the negativity, yeah. um, they're just down in the dumps and they feel like, you know, they don't really have the mindset of a successful person. Nope. So that negativity is, you know, spread throughout their day. Probably they probably wake up in a bad mood like, dang, I got to go to work or dang, I got to do this and just negative, negative, negative all day. Whereas, you know, the people that are associated with this video, the people that are trying to push the city forward. Um, they have a different outlook. Definitely. Like, okay, we there is a lot of this negativity out here, but let's let's try to do something different. Let's try right. to make the city um let's try to uphold it in a sense to where it can compete with other cities in California to where it isn't a destination where people just drive by on a ninety nine and be like, Oh, stink over here or something <laughs> like that. Like, let's make it let's make it a destination, you know. <laughs> and we all, we always talk about like if you ever hear an artist Typically, like musicians and you know, um, even even uh, you know, directors, actors, or, or whomever, you never really hear them talk bad about their hometown. Nah, like you know, you got Buck Owens, <clears throat> who uh, Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, these guys that like Bakersfield was home home for them, and you yeah. never really. I I haven't listened to every interview, but for Buck Owens to make a song about Bakersfield and it be one of his most popular songs says a lot, yeah, you know, that, that K U Z Z logo. That's his, uh, I believe that's his guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That same design. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot of pride out here, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, I don't know. The culture shifted after, you know, a couple decades, you know, people was just like, Oh, I don't give a fuck. Fuck this place. Blah, blah, blah. It's garbage. Yeah. But it's like, dude, you, you could do two things in life. You you could become a product of your circumstances or you could reach for something better. Yeah. And I, I think that that I hope that this is what this podcast represents because you got two guys, one a film director, writer, actor, and a, and a truck driver that, you know, collaborate on a podcast every week mm-hmm. to uh, shed light not only on the good that comes from the city, but to try to build an audience from the city like this. I would never, you know, because since me and Keith have a, a high trajectory, I would never get any type of uh, you know, attention or fame or whatever and just be like, fuck Bakersfield. Yeah, that don't even make sense. That don't even make sense. I would love to get all of the acclaim and everything and still do production in Bakersfield, still find talent to have on a podcast in Bakersfield because this is my city, man. Yeah, that's why when I hashtag stuff, I put the Bakersfield, California, and I put all the surrounding cities: the Shafter, McFarland, Delano, Visalia, Fresno. I put all those hashtags because I want everyone to get engaged and check out the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I, I care about them as an audience. I don't put New York and motherfucking all them. I care about this Kern County, the Valley, and the city. Yeah, that's what that's 
I feel like starting here as ground zero and and if I get any if we get any mainstream attention, I want it to be on this city. Yeah. Cause I want something great to come out of it. You know, there's other people doing great things here. You got Kevin Edwards, you got Ty Jones, who we had on this podcast, who's one of the top you one of the top YouTubers in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And just one of the top YouTubers in general, because this mm-hmm. gaming channel got around a million, million followers now. Uh, a million? Subscri- damn near a million subscribers, to my recollection. I could check it. Yeah. But, I don't think it hit a million. Yeah, we would have known on by his Instagram. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, he probably true. He, pro- he probably have posted it. Mm-hmm. Who knows, though, man? Maybe but he... It'll be here. You know, yeah. he said he's getting like a th- thousands a day, so... Yeah, he's getting a lot. And it, this, is, this is the type of shit that's going on, but you can keep talking about how much Bakersfield sucks, but are you applying yourself? Yeah. Are you applying yourself? Are you trying to aim for something bigger than you? Well, what are you doing? Are also, you di- like, just the idea of a Bakersfield native right. completely doing this whole video. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. And it looks like any, you know, any other freaking L.A. production company did it, but a definitely. guy essentially did it with a group of, a small group of three people. And it is impeccable. It is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it, it, just the, you know, the cows running around and mm-hmm. the oil, the oil pumps and the freaking mm-hmm. uh, agriculture showing people bagging up grapes. And just, yeah. it just was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing that really was it put a smile on my face. I was like, this is dope. I like yeah. this. And, yeah. and I think the rebrand is necessary. People say, oh, you wasted money. You could have did this and that. But they're doing the best they can, man. I, I think Karen Go and, and everyone else involved are doing the best they can, but you also have to understand they're older. If 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 let's imagine if me and Keith had uh had to allocate allocate those funds somewhere. You know, who knows where we would put that money? But we would have a different outlook because I'm thirty four, Keith's twenty seven. So we're a lot younger than the people trying to rebrand the city. Yeah. Had it been us, we probably would have created a comedy club or created different outlets and try to make grassroots connections to like younger people in the city. Cause it starts with the younger people. If we can affect people at a younger age, I'm not saying like little kids, but somehow make an impact, then they're going to be the future of the city because yeah. a lot of adults have already bought into the ideology. They're too set in their ways and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. But if it starts with them, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think that's part of why they say it's like a really great destination for millennials. Right. Like if you if you want to think um if you just think about what our peers are doing, yeah. They're doing really good stuff. Yes. Our friends are acting, they're going to auditions. DJ just got a um a gig doing like improv comedy out in LA. That's dope. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. you know, like we mentioned Todd and Kevin. These guys yeah. are all doing stuff. Our yeah. parents, like, bless them, but they weren't doing this. No, 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 they were not. Yeah, and it, it, part of the rebrand, re- rebrand reminds me of that uh, J- the statement Jay-Z made about the projects. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was talking about how you have to change the mindset first. Yeah, but go in deeper detail, like more context behind it. Yeah, so basically someone asked him about basically uh, – why he hasn't bought a project uh, or like why hasn't invested in the project yeah why he hasn't invested in a project and his idea was like um that doesn't really do much for the people his his idea is like yo we have to change the people's thinking inside the project and then they'll be able to thrive because basically giving someone a handout isn't going to do something no you know you have to teach them a different way to to think and then that way they can maneuver um in this capitalistic society right right 
So it's the same idea with this this Bakersfield rebrand, I believe. You have to show people that Bakersfield is a great place. You know, because exactly. if it's a bunch of people walking around with their head down, then they're not going to be able to be successful. Exactly. They're just going to continue to thrive in that negativity. They're going to continue at their regular jobs. They're going to continue to go to the clubs every weekend. Yep. It's going to be a bunch of crime and people are going to be like, yo, I'm not doing anything here. I'm moving, you know, to whatever city. But yeah, there's a bunch of people that look at Bakersfield in a positive light and they're all actively doing stuff. They're making music. They're shooting music videos. Um, like I can go on and on about the people that I know personally that are doing amazing things in the city. Right. And um, it would be long before I come across a negative statement about any of them. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I think that what happens, too, and not only Bakersfield, but other cities like it, is you you become a product of you become a product of your uh, your thoughts. And if you if you be, if you believe in the bad thoughts you have, then you could literally become a product of your misery. Yeah. So if you're like, man, ain't nothing to do here. I'm just going to get fucked up. I'm going to get drunk. That's why Bakersfield, I feel, is is uh, has so many problems with like STDs and alcoholism. There was one of Bakersfield was one of the drunkest cities in America at one time. Mm-hmm. And that's because people have bought into the idea that this city ain't shit and people ain't shit and all of that. And that's false. Mm-hmm. That's false. You became a product of your own problems. It has nothing to do with the city, man. It really doesn't. Because this is the problem. You talk about how bad Bakersfield sucks, right? Look at those people and what they're doing with their lives. I'm not trying to t- talk shit, but look at where they work. Look at their relationships they have. They're always tripping. Most people that talk that bad, they're not doing anything good. So tell them, hey, if you don't like it here, you can move somewhere else. And then let's say they move to somewhere else. They're not going to have anything to offer that city where they move. Yeah. They're going to go to L.A. and they're not going to do shit. They're going to go to Texas and they ain't going to do shit. They're going to go all these places and they're not going to do shit. Yeah. If you don't have anything to offer your city, then what makes you think you're going to have anything to offer anywhere else? That's true. Yeah. You just you're just a person, man. You're just a person that's not Mm -hmm. doing shit. But you talk about how bad it is here. Yeah. You're just going along for the ride at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys get a chance, go watch that video. It was pretty cool. I think the narration was probably the most powerful thing. Yeah. Ford F-250. <laughs> Bakersfield, California. <laughs> the homeland for Bakersfield natives. <laughs> That'd you, be a dope, like a trucker's my intro. Yeah, if you love cows you gonna, <laughs> and shit smell from cows, <laughs> you're going to love it here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to a Trucker's Mind podcast. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta find that fucking guy. Talk to Justin. We gotta find that fucking dude to do the intro to Trucker's Mind podcast. That'd be lit. A Trucker's Mind podcast brought to you by Eddie McGee and Keith Fingers <laughs> Jr. Two black men in a white city. <laughs> Two niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm Keith just gave me permission to say that You said what? I said Keith gave me permission to say that <laughs> <laughs> To say niggers <laughs> That'd be crazy Everybody would be like all all engaged Like yeah. Bakersfield, California <laughs> Where the niggers will run up on you <laughs> uh, Oh that'd be crazy That's funny stuff. Oh man yeah, but 
that's all we got on yeah. that, man. Shout out to Bakersfield, man. Yeah, shout out to Bakersfield, man. Mm-hmm. I, it would be my absolute honor to 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 you know spearhead some movement out here with this podcast. Me yeah. and Keith, you know, be known as the podcast guys. Yeah, they're also doing this uh, Walk of Fame thing too. So a yeah. guy named uh, David Marcus, I believe. I think he was a, a figure in the Centennial community. Um, they just gave him a star uh, in front of the Fox Theater, so it's pretty cool. That's dope, man. All right, switching gears. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I was thinking of this, and, and I was talking to someone, and I won't say any names, but they they basically mentioned, like, how do you stay engaged or how do you stay motivated to do podcasts every week? And this is what I have to say. Um, the way that me and Keith stay encouraged and uh, engage with doing a podcast every week is because we realize that podcasting is an oversaturated market. Okay. We realize there are a million podcasts that pop up all the time. Right. And the only podcasts that are really getting steamed now are ones from celebrities. It could be any celebrity. They create a fucking podcast and they have a huge following because they're already, they already have a platform. Yeah. Me, I'm just a truck driver. And, you know, and Keith is a film director and, you know, writer and X and Y, but we don't have any, we're not popular. We're not even popular in our own cities. Like some people probably know us, but yeah, it's not like they're like, oh my God, Eddie McGee. Oh my God. Like <laughs> they're not doing that. That's comedy. So I, I think that this is a every week grind for us, for people to know who the fuck we are. And how are you going to find out who we are if we're not, if you don't hear us every week? Yeah. There's no way that we can take breaks, man. We we know what we're up against. We're up against we are up against people who tune out a podcast all the time. People who create podcasts and it's it's an up and down market. Like you have to stay at the top. Mm-hmm. Like we've grown an audience. It's still growing, but we're still at the beginning. Even with seventy seven podcasts after this one, yeah, we're still at the very very beginning we may not get the you know the acclaim or notoriety that we want until like episode 300 yeah we realize that but that's what drives us because if it takes us 300 fucking episodes to really blow up then imagine how many people are going to be like you know what i've been listening to the truckers mind podcast since episode 15 Mm mm-hmm those guys deserve that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's what keeps me engaged. I think for me, it's this idea of doing what you want to do. Right. Cause you know, it's hard to stay engaged at a job when you're flipping burgers and it's hot in there and <laughs> grease is popping all over your hands and stuff like those type of situations. I weren't too engaged uh, about, you know, I didn't, I would, I didn't get excited about going to work in those instances. Pussy juice everywhere. That's I got excited to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to throw you throw you off, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's crazy. What a restaurant. Go ahead. <laughs> Try our new pussy burger. <laughs> Try our new pussy burger. <laughs> All beef patties. <laughs> <laughs> we use only the wettest butt cheese <laughs> to get this burger down. Uh, that's right, crazy. Go ahead, man. Yeah, but um, 
but yeah, like like I was saying, I just I never got excited about going to certain jobs and egotistically I may sound like a little bit of ego speaking, but sometimes you feel like you're above a certain job. Yeah. You know, I talk to people all the time that are on the verge of being extremely successful or right. own their own business and stuff like that. Like I talked to this girl once and she was just saying like uh she does she does hair and nails and she was like, Yo, I just it, like in 2012, I, I quit my job and I haven't had a regular job since. Like That's she has awesome. her own business now. And, you know, conversating with people all the time and, you know, even with, you know, conversating with Eddie, it's like, yo, I'm not going to be sitting on a truck for 12 hours a day the rest of my life. No. I know that we're working towards something and um, I love doing this and I want to make a living out of doing this. Exactly. So that's the type of energy <clears throat> it takes to be um, to, to keep going at at pretty much anything. There are some people that even some people that are good at things like you, you see it in the NFL all the time. People that, you know, NFL is like a very physical sport. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of that into it. And a lot of the studies that are being done as far as like brain damage and stuff. Yeah. But oftentimes there are people that are extremely good at football that don't love playing the game. Very true. Ricky Williams is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Super talented, but you like to be successful at football, you have to love to practice. Yeah. You have to love. There's some people that you know may may not love practice, but even if you don't love practice, you have to kind of like practice, and then you have to love playing in the games. There are some people, yeah. you know, just because they they make a lot of money that and they knew that they would be a millionaire one day, so they just kind of stuck it out. But yeah. in reality, they probably wanted to be a cook. They yeah. probably wanted to be a poet or you know something like that. But you know that that that's just the way that the cookie crumbled for them. So, yeah, yeah go ahead. definitely. You have to love the process and you have to love the journey. Yeah. So the journey to me means everything because I'll never forget where we started and where we end up. So right now um, in 2019, this is where we're at. But we're going into 2020 with momentum. Yeah, we're going into 2020 with seven. What? Fuck. How many podcasts will we have by 20? Fucking uh, 90 something. Yeah. Be in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to speak this into existence. By episode 100, we're going to have some type of party. This, this It's going to be a celebration. 100 episodes, we're going to do something. It's going to be a fucking pod party. I will, and if we never had one, if anybody has never a had po- a, po- a pod, a party? Uh, yeah, a, a what? Po- a party? No, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound. I try to get it out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound catchy at all. Like I got a crazy accent. A party? Uh, all right, stop, stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Okay. Um, but <laughs> my party, my friend. <laughs> at A one, my friend. <laughs> That'd be crazy. You go into some. This is gonna sound really fucking racist right now. But imagine this: you walk into some dude's house, yeah, and it'd be like you open the door and it'd be like, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of houses by Ridgeview that sound like that. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, where am I at? Uh, I promise I was I was going to my cousin's graduation. Uh-huh. And you know, the people from the Middle East, they have a distinct smell. Yeah. Like sometimes they don't use deodorant and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, um it was a whole neighborhood that smelled like that. Really? Yeah, I was like, "Bruh, you have to be in it to understand. Some people are going to take that out of context, but it's it's factual. Yeah, that's, that's not that ain't even a joke. That's just like real life. That yeah. really happened. 
just like when we mentioned some things about black people and it might confirm your thoughts. Yeah. I think that um, stereotypes aren't great, but a lot of stereotypes are based in truth. That's why they're around. Yeah. Unfortunately, but I have smelled the armpits. All right, now what was it's crazy because they be selling incense. Yeah, how you stink, but you selling incense. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Enough racism. It smelled like seasoning or something. <laughs> <laughs> seasoning and must. <laughs> oh, oh, that's crazy. All right, all right. <clears throat> I've totally lost focus. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, the the podcast uh, world is, like I mentioned, is a very oversaturated market. And you and you get yeah. involved in things like music. You get involved in things like podcasting or film. And you're like, man, people people that look at you from the outside looking in, they don't they don't they don't mention it. But yeah. they don't believe in what you're doing, bro. I, I always I, I never really said this to people, but mm-hmm. I've been like pondering this thought. Mm hmm. It's not for the people right. to believe in what you're doing or where mm-hmm. you're going. It's yeah. it's up to you to believe. You it know definitely. What I mean? Like I mentioned um, in my film I'm, I'm writing right now, that's one of the statements in there. It's like, like um, there's a point where the kid is struggling with his confidence and he's talking to his dad. He's like, yo, you think I can make it to like play Division One basketball? And then he's getting ready to say, the dad is getting ready to say, yeah, but he catches himself. He's like, yeah. He's like, well... Honestly, like, it's not up to me to believe in you. Right. Like, it's up to you to think in your heart that you're really going to play Division One basketball. Exactly. And then you'll be successful. So, right. yeah. That's kind of like, yeah. yeah. I, I was getting there. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> people that listen to this podcast, even if they listen every week, they, they know in their subconscious that um, all these podcasts that are popular, like, they probably can't see a Trucker's Mind podcast on that level. They're probably like, ah, oh, yeah, they're pretty good for Bakersfield podcast, but I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. But Bakersfield I, podcast. Bakersfield podcast. <laughs> Jimmy Dean sausages. <laughs> but I see so much further past that. I'm talking. I'm talking about five years from now. Like you, with each podcast episode, I feel like the content is evolving. It's evolving slowly, and that's an, an incremental growth means everything. You're not gonna just just all of a sudden you're just on the top. That's what people have this weird, they have this weird belief. Like when they're making music or they're doing movies, they think they're going to have this blockbuster film within a year and a half of putting in work every day. You know, um, they're going to fucking, if you're doing a podcast and in three years, no, in, in, in five months, if they don't get the numbers they want, they just stop doing podcasts. Yeah. They miss podcasts. They skip weeks. They take breaks and vacations. And it's like, if you haven't made it, you shouldn't be taking vacations. Okay. Um, Not to mention, you can't put a time on when you're going to make it because you don't know. Two Chains, the rapper, did not get real, like, real success till he was 36. Yeah. So think about that. Dude was rapping a long time. And now I think he's well into his 40s now. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the type of work ethic you have to have. Yeah. You have to have this unwavering belief in yourself. Like, my shit is dope. Like, I believe in myself. Yeah. Like, I don't walk around telling everybody, hey, man, my podcast is dope, man. You got to listen to this. Mm-hmm. I like for people to find it and listen. It, it makes the listening experience that much better. But um, at the same time, man, you just have to have this unwavering belief in yourself and your abilities to do uh, what what it is you want to do for a living. Yeah. 
and truck mm-hmm. driving is not I'm that that is not who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, and above all, just make sure you're passionate about doing what you're doing. I know people that it's uh we talked about it last week. Like the reason why you know we don't really encourage people or we're not you know giving these motivational pep talks all the time. Yeah, is because um it's hard to motivate somebody that just doesn't want to do anything. Right. You know what I mean? If if or you're trying to motivate someone to do something that they don't actually like doing. So that's uh that's why I mentioned to you know do that because I know people that are. You know, we talked about the football, but I know people personally that are extremely talented in multiple fields. And there are people that try to encourage them to do these certain things more often. And it doesn't work because they don't actually like doing it. You know what I mean? I know people that do things that like and they've told me personally, like, yo, I don't even like doing this, man. Like, honestly, like I would much rather not do this. Uh, Like, I would rather have someone do this for do this specific thing for me. And then, you know, I would just take care of the other part. Exactly. Like if it's a, if it's a, say like filming a movie or something like that, there are people that would be like, yo, I would rather just act in the movie and have everyone else deal with the rest of it. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, like right now we just live in Bakersfield and none of us are famous. So we have to do everything for ourselves. Yeah. Like everything. Film it, edit it, everything. Everything. Promote it, whatever. But, you know, that's just... I don't know. There's people that like things and there are people that don't like things. Exactly. You can't really, you can't really change that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that there's a part of the process that even if you don't, like, love the whole process, I think that it starts to become, a, like, a habitual thing where yeah. if you want to be great, you know that you have to put yourself in so many places and do so many things so it becomes a habit. So it doesn't yeah. bother you as much. It's just that greatness starts to become a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for, for all those that listen to the podcast every week. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but this is not the end product. If you were wondering like, Oh, they do, they're just going to do this. Like, nah, there's a whole lot more. I'm not going to mention, but mm-hmm. this is just the very, 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 very beginning of what we're going to uh, be bringing to you as yeah. far as content is concerned. There was this guy I was listening to a bunch of screenwriters sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. and the, Someone asked the question they asked the panel was like, do you like uh, screenwriting? Mm-hmm. Um, which seems crazy to ask a bunch of screenwriters and you know, right. professional screenwriters. But one guy said something that stuck with me. He said, I don't necessarily like writing. I like having written. You know, if that makes sense. Hmm. Like, I don't care for the process. But when I'm done, I'm like, yo, that was dope. Ah. So I think there's, you know, if you if you. Like I said before, as far as it's like the thing with practice. It's like yeah. some people don't like practicing, but they like the game. Yeah, he loves, uh, the, he loves the journey of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, something to stick with. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might not like the the middle part, but the end is you love the end, but you need the middle to get there. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just a part of the game, man. Yes, sir. It's part of the game. And if you listen to this podcast and um, you're new, thank you. We got a whole lot more. You could go right on back to episode. 76 down and there's a lot of content for you to listen to you could go through our journey so far from when we started from episode one and the quality of the podcast wasn't as great then Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) you can check that out too man thank you switching gears um there was a deaf woman at jack-in-a-box who was refused service from an angry employee um basically what had happened is a deaf woman pulls into jack-in-a-box 
And she was like, uh, the dude was like, what can I talking about? Can I help you? And then she was like, <laughs> I'm deaf. I'm deaf. I, I'm deaf. And he was like, I said, how can I help you? And she was like, I am deaf. I cannot hear you. And he was like, how can I help you? So he was just being an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. The woman was deaf. And I'm sorry if those those uh, sound effects offend you. You came to the wrong podcast. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the deaf woman was going back and forth with this guy. And obviously, she couldn't hear him. But the dude just seemed like he was just unfit as an employee in general. By the way, this motherfucker barely spoke English himself. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're mad at a deaf person because they can't really talk, but you're not speaking great English, dude. Yeah, you know um, the guy was just a piece of shit. But there's so many different things that can be true about this situation that we'll go into. The deaf, the deaf girl spoke better English than the dude. Yeah, she did. She's like, I'm deaf. I cannot hear you. And he was like, I said, How can I help you? That nigga's an idiot. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> First, like, what? I don't even know what country this guy was from. <laughs> I don't know, man. He sounded like every foreign, every like every foreign exchange student. Yeah, <laughs> like three accents tied in. Yeah, one. three different accents, and you're over here talking shit to a deaf person. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was an overall obvious, uh, obvious problem with communicating. Yeah, the 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 biggest theme is miscommunication. Yeah, and idiocracy. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That oh god. Yeah, it was it was terrible, man. But what I noticed, and me and Keith talked about this, is for one, the guy was incredibly unfit. And I think if it wasn't a deaf person that he was pissing off, it would have been another customer because he was just a piece of shit. He looked like he hated his job. He hated his life. And he sounded like a moron. So yeah. all of these things uh, just made the situation worse. And she was deaf. But she honestly could have went somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, he, just because you're deaf... You, I mean, I, you said somebody's discriminated against you. I don't think she was being discriminated against because she was deaf. I think that this guy was a fucking idiot, and I think he was unfit to help anybody, and he hated his job. And I think he probably had altercations with non-deaf people because he sucked. Yeah. I don't think he intentionally said, oh, you're deaf? Well, you ain't getting help today. You know, yeah. I just think he was a fucking idiot. But she recorded it. She recorded it and said, all right, this is discrimination. I'm deaf. But mm-hmm. uh, what's your take, man? I honestly think that it was Jack in the Box, right? Yeah, it was Jack in the Box. I honestly think that Jack in the Box employee doesn't understand the concept of deaf. Yeah, he doesn't. Because she was like, I'm deaf, and he just yelled louder. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he's just like stupid. So, <laughs> But along the line, like you were saying, I you should never go where you're not wanted. There's too many options where... People are extremely welcoming. Like I just walked into Starbucks earlier, and they were like, uh, "Welcome, welcome to Starbucks." You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they're super inviting, or you know, any other restaurant that is just yeah. like that will greet you as soon as you walk in, right? Yeah, especially so, Starbucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 never uh, necessary to you know sit through that kind of argument. I, I felt like she kind of wanted to argue. Yeah, she did. You know, you could see that. You know, that kind of like. Uh, People kind of get sucked into arguments sometimes. Yeah. Petty and deaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so when the when the when the argument broke out or whatever, she should have just addressed it like, "Hey, right. I'm, I can't hear," 
and you're not taking my order. That's why I pulled around to the thing. So the the whole argument started because she was sitting at the at the speaker and she pulled around because obviously she needs to like visually communicate with him or like verbally say it to him uh, so she can hear. Wait, why did she pull around? I mean, she's deaf. I like, that's her. But I guess that's true. She could. I, I felt like she could have pulled up, and I, it's obviously easier to communicate like yeah, face to face. Face to face. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a problem, but there's yeah, a, there's a, a few. Stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of shit <laughs> going on. Yeah, Starbucks. They're pretty welcoming. I've only been there a few times, but they're mm-hmm. they're really nice. Like, welcome to Starbucks. Come inside me. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Starbucks. Put some whipped cream on me. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. It'd be some like some thick white girl comes up like, "Welcome to Starbucks. Put some put some in my life." You'd be like, "What?" <laughs> Welcome to Starbucks. I like black coffee. I was. I think that you know the the thing that the lady did wrong definitely is just stand there. Like yeah. with me. I can go. I've been to places and I walked in and people just working in the back, minding their own business. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm coming here to spend money. Right. Um, and I feel, if, if I feel like they haven't acknowledged me in a certain amount of time, I'll literally just walk out. Like yeah. I've been to places where I was going to buy tires from them or look at prices on certain things. And then I walk in and it's just a bunch of people walking around in the back. I'm like, yo, like. I'm here. I'm not going to ring a bell or anything. You see me standing here, and I'll just walk out. Yeah. yeah. In this situation, the dude was just frustrated, and she was like, I'm deaf. And he yeah. was like, bitch, I said chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his accent. Yeah. No. I, one, one other thing is that um, I talked to this girl, and she, she deals with uh, some <clears> – <throat> she doesn't – She's hard of hearing out of out of like her left ear or something like that. Yeah. So um, she has her own issues that she has to deal with. Like she has to when she sits in the movie, she has to read the uh, read the captions like they have these things. I never okay. even seen these before, but she you, you go to the customer service counter and then you, add, you tell them what movie you're going to watch. And yeah. then they give you this thing that sticks inside the cup holder. And then it's basically uh it basically has the closed captions, but it's like this little, um, this little screen that sits in front of you, so what? you can read the clo- the closed captions while the movie is playing. Oh wow, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, she was just telling me a lot about like the, the struggles that the deaf community deals with. Definitely, and one of the one of the big ones was um, you know stuff happens like that where yeah. people don't really understand what deaf being deaf means. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then there's also this idea that a lot of people. No one is going to help you out in general. No. Like, you know what I mean? If if the world was more helpful, then I probably wouldn't be broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if the world was more helpful, <laughs> then, you know, the world would be a better place. But it's that's not that's just not the case. Yep. So it, it, there was some statistic that she told me, and this is just what she told me, so I haven't fact-checked it or anything. But she said that um, it's like one only one out of ten families actually learn sign language if they have yeah, a, a deaf, member, yeah. deaf member in their family. And I was just like, man, that's, that sounds crazy to me. That's like, how ridiculous. How could you go your whole life trying to communicate with a person um, 
and not like help them out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're they're trying to read lips. They're trying to read body language and everything instead of like, you know, the family just learning the sign. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. You know, it's that's just the, the language. That's definitely a struggle. That's a struggle for uh, deaf people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, is uh, that's we, we understand that uh, we're not making light of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, shit. Everybody could get these jokes. Yeah. Let, me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you this, man. I think it Death was comedy jam. We're back, baby. Deaf comedy jam. Oh man, I didn't see that one coming, man. <laughs> Oh dang! I, I did. I was thinking like having sex with a chick. <laughs> having sex with a chick that's deaf has to be so much different than like a regular chick. Because imagine you hitting a deaf chick from the back, and you usually you hear the sex noises or like she's talking. Yeah. But a deaf girl, you smack her ass, and she'd be like, mm. <laughs> "Now nah, deaf girls moo." What? Deaf girls moo. What do you mean? Because you know they kind of, the way they speak almost sounds like a cow speaking, anyways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I just know we probably it, men have ego problems, so they'd be like, "You ain't gonna say nothing." Whose pussy is that? <laughs> they just be just going through the motions. You're like, man, this ain't what I thought it was. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, this is all man. jokes, man. It's not literal, not not literal stuff about deaf people. Yeah, but yeah, they definitely got a struggle, man. And a lot of people don't know how to cooperate mm-hmm. at all. They don't even fucking try. Yeah. If it had been me and the woman was deaf, I would have put her to the side, and I'd be like, I would. This is all you literally have to fucking do. Yeah. Take your phone, <clears throat> type in the phone, and then hand her the fucking phone. Yeah, and she could type exactly what she wants, and then you give it to the motherfucker at Jack in the Box, and boom, you got an order. Yeah, it's because way he, too easy. Bro. It's way too easy. That dude purposely did oh, not. You had to. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off. But mm-hmm. You had a story about um, communicating with someone that didn't speak yes. English. Yes, I was I was at work one day. This is probably about over three years ago, probably about almost four. And there was some Japanese dude, and he was straight from Japan, dude. He was like, "Hori ga yo, I said, "Why not?" And Tanaka, like, right and he he basically he approached me with the iPhone, and the iPhone was in uh, I think it was in in English, but he was trying to change the settings, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, so he was trying to change the settings. <laughs> oh, dude, he's trying to change the settings on the phone. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, he's trying a to slow burner, bro. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I didn't register all the stuff you were saying, <laughs> and then I just started thinking about anime and. <laughs> Uh, about Dragon Ball Z and everything, and that mark just hit me like. <laughs> oh man! All right, so I'm at work. I, I actually we were doing a job out in Barstow at the time, and I was out of town, and I was at this hotel, and I get approached by a Japanese guy, and he's like, I think he's with his, his like his wife, I think, and he you could tell he looked kind of confused, and the phone was in English, and he needed to change the settings to Japanese, yeah, and um. He's like, he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and he didn't speak English, but he was trying to communicate the best he fucking could. And being as I am, I speak absolutely no Japanese. 
I was able to help him. Yeah. And, and then uh, I was I was like, I went to his phone and then he like he he basically did something with his eyes like I can't read this. So that told me by him looking at his phone like, oh, I was like, OK, so he needs the settings back. Yeah. So I went there and then once I made it to settings on his iPhone, which I don't even own an iPhone, I was still able to get to his settings and change the language. When I got to the language, I was like, I scrolled up and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, uh, and I pointed to it and I clicked on the language, which I believe was Japanese. And it popped up and he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, have a good day. How is it a black man that speaks no fucking Japanese can give his best shot at helping someone change the settings in their phone, mm-hmm. but a dude at Jack in the Box can't take a, bur- a fucking order for a mm-hmm. burger from a deaf person. Mm-hmm. She, he had an advantage over me because the lady that was deaf spoke English. Yeah, there's no excuse. Both of you motherfuckers speak English, so I don't get how the fuck you can help them. It's just it was ridiculous. Yeah, but but multiple things could be true. Even though that guy was a piece of shit at Jack in the Box, what the lady simply could have did was leave, which is one. And two, she wanted to uh, file for discrimination, which I don't think it was discrimination. It was just, that's just life. People are pieces of shit. People are assholes. And just because you deaf does not make you exempt from being treated like everyone else. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Yeah. I, I've Like, if you're Mexican, you go to a restaurant and they tripping on you just because you're Mexican, you're going to have to leave because you're like, I don't want to deal with this. If you're black and it happens or if you're white and you're getting treated like shit somewhere, everybody goes through different instances like this. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't feel too sorry for someone that's deaf. We we should we should empathize and say, look, that's not right. They should have helped them. But we also need to say they're not exempt from being treated like everyone else. Mm hmm. Like just just because you're deaf does not mean this happens though. Remember yeah. um, when Kanye West was at his concert and the mm-hmm. the, the the guy in a wheelchair, he was yeah. like, "Everybody stand up, everybody stand up!" And then he seen the guy sitting down, and he was telling him to stand up. Yeah, but everyone was like, "Yo, this nigga's in a wheelchair. Yeah, he can't stand up." <laughs> <laughs> Doing the wheelchair is like, "Fuck you, bitch!" <laughs> oh man! And Kanye didn't give a fuck. He's like, "I know your legs don't work, but I'm the best. I'm the best." The best artist in the game. You just gonna stand in your wheel. You gonna sit in your wheelchair? You better stand up. Yeah, I'm the best artist of all time. You gotta stand up. Just like, but my legs. My- <laughs> he probably has some Yeezys on. That's how you know you can't be supporting these celebrities, bro. Nah. This nigga had. He probably has some Yeezys on and a nice wheelchair, and was sitting there having a great time at the show. And then Kanye just goes and disrespects him. Yeah, he was sitting there with a Yeezy on. His foot was hanging all the way to the left. And, and it was brand new because they never touched the surface of the earth before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Niggas in wheelchairs be having their cleaning shoes. Yeah. They be like, man, don't scuff my shoes. They be like, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, man. But it just people are fucked up. I think we it, it, politically correct people listening to this podcast will not make it to the end of the podcast. I guarantee you. They'll be like, oh, they made fun of people in wheelchairs. Oh, they made fun of deaf people. Yeah. They are a part of society. Yeah. I don't I don't sit around. I draw the line. I don't make pe- fun of people who are like, you know, uh, uh, who have autism or something like I don't crack jokes on them. But mm-hmm. even even on, like as far as comedians go, even they get jokes. Yeah. Cause this is what we're doing. That's not right, too. What we do is, is we we try to like write the narrative for people. You know, like 
you know, don't make fun of people with autism. I personally don't, but people with autism, if they wanted to go to a comedy show and they got made fun of, they'd probably be laughing. Who knows? I think Andrew yeah. Schultz is talking about it. Yeah. I feel like b- making fun of everyone make normalizes them. Yeah. This is kind of a point that DJ made a while back. When we, yeah. Uh, we went on a... Um, Dave Chappelle, too. Yeah, we mm-hmm. went on a... Uh, what you call it? Mm-hmm. On a radio show. Uh, this guy named uh, DJ EVP. And one of the things... That was kind of the question that came up. It was like, is there anything that's off topics or how do you guys tackle, you know, these, you know, politically correct people that are, you know, always um, throwing shade at, you know, comedians that are telling jokes and stuff. And then, uh, excuse me, his point was that telling jokes about everyone, it normalizes him, but it also, um, it makes everyone inclusive, right? So if it's, if, right. if it was a case where we were like, it's okay to make fun of black people, it's okay to make fun of Mexican people, it's okay to fake, make fun of gay people, but it's not okay to make fun of trans people. Then it's like, it's specializing trans people. Right. Like, you know, right. and almost like, it almost is worse to right. not make fun of them because it's like, oh, we can't touch that subject. When in reality, it's like, yo, I don't care what you're doing with your personal life. You can cut your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but you still could get these jokes. Yeah, you still get it. Yeah, you could 100% get these jokes. And, and the thing about it is, it's like, um, yeah, like, like uh, DJ was talking to you and Dave Chappelle had mentioned, they said... They told uh, he was told by a trans person that was at his comedy show. Like they say that, you know, when you talk about uh, like, you know, uh, R. Kelly and the victims or whatever, they say you're normalizing like this behavior or whatever. He said, but when you talk about trans people, why don't they say you're normalizing us? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a great point. It's a powerful point. I think that we're slowly creeping out of this PC shit and it's, it's happening very slowly. Yeah. You know, I tread lightly on certain things when I don't really know as much or whatever. Um, But fuck, man. It's like I want to be myself when I'm on this podcast. I'm I'm 100 percent myself. Yeah. So I don't ever want to be caught up in like, oh, I can't say anything about deaf people. Can't say anything about trans people. Can't say anything about. So what do I talk about? Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, if you're a guy like Kevin Hart and you try to crack trans jokes, that shit ain't going to work. (laughs) <laughs> he he brought he's got a whole new audience that that shit just would not happen. Yeah, That's I hope what, he does. Like I mentioned it before, I hope he comes back like really uh not caring about what anybody thinks. Yeah, not caring about you know his his uh, ties with big corporations and stuff. He just yeah. tells jokes. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. But it, what I think the person with the most and Andrew made Andrew shows made this point. He stated that he had the most uh, a culturally diverse crowd, and I looked at that crowd, and he was right. I haven't seen. I can't say that. I like he's in it, so he's in it. But I look. They, I've seen his specials. I watch a bunch of them. It's a bunch of black people, a bunch of white people, Middle Eastern people, a bunch of people. The most culturally diverse. I would have to say it was because when you look even at a Chris Rock, uh, a stand, like Chris Rock special. There's some black people in there, but it's a gang of white people there, too. And he cracking a bunch of white people jokes, and they in there laughing. Like, they're looking to laugh, not to be offended. Um, but with, with Andrew, he making fun of everybody, mm-hmm. and everybody's fucking laughing. Yeah. He talked yeah, about- Yeah, that may be true. I'm, I, I'm yeah. just thinking about it. Be, just because um, he's he's a person that's- <clears throat> uh, He's from New York. He's yeah. really intelligent. Um, he's, he's, he's able to- 
I think culturally more than like eth- ethnic wise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you can go to a show, you can go to a Dave Chappelle show and there could be like multiple races in there. Yeah. But I think culturally it was where he separates himself because he's yeah. a comedian. He's a podcaster. He dabbles into acting. You know what I mean? So he probably has an audience where it's like, you know, a couple college kids, yeah. a couple. He knows a lot about politics. So there's people that actually yeah. go to him to hear his takes his, on politics. So yeah, hear the satire. You know, yeah, so you know, there's people because he like even the jokes that he makes. He just released a um, a bit that he did today, and he was just cracking jokes on like Iran and Israel, and like just having that knowledge grows yeah. your fan base to yeah. you know different different heights. So yeah. yeah, he cracked a black joke that was funny. Yeah. So this is why like you got two black guys doing a podcast, and there's a, a white comedian cracking these black jokes, and it's funny because of how he frames it. Yeah. Like uh, he was at, he was doing one of his specials, and some black dude walked in. He was like, "Yo, what's up with this motherfucker right here?" He's like, he's like, he said, "This is the blackest shit I ever seen." He said, "He came late and he brought chicken because the dude had a bag of like McDonald's or something. Yeah. Everybody was busting up, yeah. but it's how he framed the joke and it was funny." Yeah, yeah. So I think we're moving away from that hypersensitive shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, to the deaf lady at at. Jack in the Box, I'm sorry you experienced that. Um, it's unfortunate. Too bad that, she can't hear your Yeah, apologies. too bad she can't. What, what the fuck am I doing saying anything to her? <laughs> she can't fucking hear it. Yeah. If you know her, send her a text. His, I am deaf. Dude was like, I said, how can I help you? That's how. I, can. He said what? He said, how do <laughs> Oh, man. All right, switching gears. Should we ever pay $1,000 for a phone? You should have went to the body language one. And then we could double back to that one. Body language is what? The Gladwell. Because it yeah, kind of like ties into it. Oh, it does. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Um, Malcolm Gladwell was on The Breakfast Club. And one of the topics he mentioned was he was talking about the police using universal tactics on different cultures and also having this fixed notion. So I'll break it down a little bit. The police used certain tactics to like, uh, tell if like they use them as like an admission of guilt like if you uh you know you uh what do you say averting your eyes like if you uh, talking to a cop and you kind of like your eyes go away from him they they use that as like a form of guilt like they have this fixed notion a universal notion that oh if your eyes move away then you're guilty you're doing something or if you turn your head this way when the cop is doing this, then you're doing something. And it's like, that doesn't work. That's he, not real life. He compared it to... Uh, friends. Yeah, to friends. Yeah, he, Basically, he, in, mo- mm-hmm. in movies, there's a set way that there's like a universal language, right? So, right. And in a movie, when a person um, doesn't feel well or whatever, or if they're nervous or whatever, they act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Just so the whole world could understand, like, without hearing them verbally say anything that... He was talking about watching Friends with the sound off, and you can exactly. uh, fu- you can fully understand what was going on. But he's saying that doesn't apply to the real world, and then he kind of talked about what Eddie was talking about. Exactly. He mentioned he, he watched Friends with the sound off, and you know when one of them are excited, you can see it in their face. If they're angry, you can see it in their face. If they're sad, you can see it in their actions in their face when you're watching Friends without the sound on. But he said that works for Friends, but that does not translate into everyday life. So when the, poli- the police make these... these these decisions and a lot of it is is off of impulse or this universal idea that oh you're guilty then it doesn't work and they also did a study that showed if 
uh, that black, Latino, and white, like these different cultures, like when they were guilty, they all had different reactions, each mm-hmm. individually. When they were innocent, they all had different reactions individually after the, after the study it went on. And that literally debunks this whole universal idea of guilt. It's bullshit. And you got to get away from it. And a lot of people are getting shot because of it. A lot of people are getting beat up because of it. And at the end of the day, there's a it's 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 also it's making the police job harder because they're being taught this shit. You know, a cop is not going out saying, oh, yeah, you're guilty if you're doing this. That's what he's being taught. And if they buy into the ideology, it's going to make their job harder. But if they're a person who kind of had their head screwed on straight before they got the job, they're going to say, yeah, he's moving his eyes away from me. But what if he's nervous? What if he's just scared of the police? Yeah. What if this guy is stressed out? What if this guy? And I think that that they people or police officers tend to rule those things out when they're trying to do the job. They're thinking about making it home safe to their family. They don't know that you're, you're probably shifting your eyes because you have a gun. Like they're thinking yeah. of the worst case scenario, even if there's not much going on. Yeah, I think the the one of the things, and I don't want to say everything that he said in the interview because uh, I want people to watch it. And yeah. also, a lot of the stuff was topics from his book. So hopefully, like this inspires people to go grab his book. I think it's called. Um, let me look it up so I don't sound like an idiot. Yeah, but something it, something about strangers. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, talking it, to strangers. Yeah, that's the name of the book by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, so I think, um, one of the themes that he was discussing, which was ironic because I was talking to, uh, my uncle about this the other day about body language and how body language is not necessarily always correct. Um, and he's, I think a lot of that, just from the interview, I felt like a lot of it was framed to, um, talk about how mistakes are made when, we're believing body language or we're, we're believing these ideas that we've been taught about body language. Um, like for me, I had an experience where I did a comedy show, um, the other week and it went, it didn't go that great. It went all right. Um, part of it was like, you know, just the setting and, you know, sometimes it's just, sometimes shows don't go as good as you want them to. Right. But, um, so I'm up there, I'm telling my jokes and some of them are landing, some of them aren't. And um, for whatever reason, this like I uh, I do the show and then the show ends and then this girl that I know she came to support. So uh, I walked over to her, I gave her a hug, and she was asking me about the show. She was like, uh, "Were you nervous up there?" I was like, "No, nah, I don't really get nervous on stage." And she was like, "Oh," and she was shocked, like genuinely yeah. shocked, like oh, you weren't nervous, like like in her mind she just um, she's shocked because in her mind she assumed that yeah I was nervous. And I was like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous. And she was like, oh, okay. But she wrote me some like notes at, um, during the show. She, I guess she like messaged me right after the show or during the show or whatever. And uh, I guess the problem that I, I had ran into is that I wasn't making a lot of eye contact with the audience. Um, and I don't know why I did this, like yeah. why that was happening. Because normally when I'm doing my shows, like the, the open mics, I, I, I don't have a problem with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, for, for whatever reason. But in my mind, when I was on stage, I felt like, I kept like not making eye contact because it's extremely awkward to tell a joke and you're making eye contact with someone and then they don't laugh. Yeah, it, it gets really awkward. So that's probably why in my head. That's why there's more to this. <clears throat> yeah. So 
And also, like, I'm up there and it's really hot in the room. I'm sweating and, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, trying to give a lot of energy. And, you know, all this is going into the, the performance and which led her to think that I was nervous. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I don't get nervous at all when I'm on stage. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really comforting. It's the, almost the total opposite. So for whatever reason, whether it was like the eye contact or whatever, you know, these universal ideals of, about people being nervous... Like she, she calculated all that. Exactly. And was like, yo, you're nervous. In reality, I wasn't. No. So it it's kind of falls in line with what Malcolm Gladwell is talking about is that you can't put these universal ideas on any anybody. Like you know, they work sometimes, but in reality, everyone yeah. acts differently to different situations. Exactly. That's a great point. Uh, what I can tell you is is the way the setup was for your comedy show is the fact that you're eye level with people, which is not really what the typical setup is. Usually when you're doing comedy, they put you kind of up on a podium type situation where your eyes can meet with the whole crowd. But you're not, when you're standing at ground level with people at a comedy show, you can't really make that impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you got people sitting down, they're on their phones, all kind of shit's going on. But I think that when people have to look up at you, you have more of their attention mm-hmm. well, rather than you're standing there. Now, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe a comedian might tell me, no, that's not true. You don't know what you're talking about. But every comedy show that you usually see, whether it's on TV, they're always up high so they can look at the crowd. Yeah. It makes it easier to, you know, to make eye contact because you're not really making exact eye contact. You know, you're kind of like you're, you're kind of scanning the crowd. Yeah. But if you're just standing on ground level with them and you look out, you might keep making eye contact with the same motherfucker. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, it's Debbie with the big titties. Or, hey, oh, Debbie with the big titties again. <laughs> it's usually dim in those <laughs> places, too. Yeah, so, true. Like, you know, it's just a different kind of, I don't know, it's just a, it's a different different feel. It's a totally different setup. It's usually dim in there, but it's all bright, right? It's mm. all lit up. It's pretty, yeah, pretty well lit inside there. Yeah, it's well lit, but it yeah. should be more or less like, you know, a little dimmer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. just weird. It's just the setup. It's is, just any concert you've been in, You you the stage is lit up and the audience is pretty dim. Yeah. And then you could just kind of like, look around yeah 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 but if you take anything from this conversation is like don't take this universal idea of what anything means and apply it to the world like it's people that and this could go and this conversation conversation could go on forever you yeah. know people take whatever whatever way you're looking at this um if you think let's say for example you have two kids and a dog and a wife, whatever, right? And you think that this is what success is. And you look at your friend and say, man, you're not successful. You don't have a wife, two kids, and a dog. Mm -hmm. Success looks different to everyone. Mm -hmm. Success means something different to everyone. You can't run with this idea of what that means. Um, uh, Freaking, obviously, the police situation. You know, just because somebody averts their eyes doesn't mean that it's an admission of guilt. Yeah. You know, we have to stop this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're lumping everyone together, and that's not true. Like you know, it could be even in the dating in the dating world. It'll be like a dude, like man, I ain't never dating a woman with a big booty and a ponytail. You know, if they got a big booty and a ponytail, then they're gonna be trouble. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like you're lumping every woman together, and I know, and women are worse at it because they'll be like, I ain't never dating a dude that drive a. Uh, they drive a Dodge, a, a Dodge Challenger because mm-hmm. they are big. They are hoe. You'd be like, "What are you talking yeah, about?" Never trust a big girl, uh, a girl with a big butt and a smile or stuff like. Yeah, that. you'd be like, "Dude, this doesn't make any sense." You can't, mm-hmm. you can't carry this, um, 
this idea and make it universal and then make it true because it's not true at all. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take stuff for what it is. Like everyone is not everyone is not the same. No. You know what I mean? Everyone is not especially like we've we're all raised differently. Definitely. That plays. So the way that we act um, during certain instances, they even talked about like being happy. Like sometimes like. You know, you can walk around. You're not necessarily smiling. You're not necessarily like the most giddy person, um, and people will start assuming you're sad. Right. In reality, you're just like you're just neutral. You're just yeah. chilling. Remember that day you were telling me some girl approached you like, "Oh my god, Keith, you're so sad. You want some pussy?" And you was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I wish that happened. <laughs> I'm just so depressed. I just want to give you some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ride you till you're happy. You. <laughs> oh, dang. Can you imagine if you, if you like started to use that as like a pickup, like a pickup line? Like yeah. you're walking around and she's like, oh my God, you look so sad. You'd be like, yeah. I am sad. I used to, I used to, when I broke my, uh, when I fractured my shoulder in high school. I used to get so much attention and I was a really shy person. So yeah, like normally girls wouldn't like, I talked to girls like, you know, I just communicated with them like regularly, but like, I wasn't like hollering at girls like that. But when I broke, when I fractured my arm, I got a lot of attention. Like, yo, what happened to your arm? Stuff like that. So I would be trying to milk that. And then I also was like not playing sports, but I was around sports. Yeah. So I'll be at the practices and stuff and I'll be able to, you know, like talk to the girls and stuff. So. Yeah, but I mean you broke your arm playing football though, so. Yeah. Yeah. So But see, I was a freshman though, like niggas it's, it's freshman year. Like, yeah. You didn't really get popular like that. Nah. Yeah. Broken arm. That's crazy. Imagine you break your arm as an adult and you get that same attention. <laughs> like, oh my God, are you okay? And like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might need surgery, the doctors say. Yeah. Like, hey, you wanna put some pussy juice on it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my arm or my broken arm? (laughs) Let's try it out. It's like, ah, can I make an incision on your pussy? (laughs) (laughs) God, that sounded horrible. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. All right, that's all we, I don't know how we got to that. That's probably my fault. (laughs) All right, switching gears. Should we ever pay $1,000 for a phone? Uh, The answer to that is Fuck no. We shouldn't be spending $1,000 on a phone yeah. ever. Yeah. Ever. There's no excuse to be spending $1,000 on a phone, man. That that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just think that the reason why a phone is $1,000 has nothing to do with the technology. It has more to do with the value that we give phones. Yes. You know, so since we're always on this shit, this shit runs. It basically runs our lives, man. Mm-hmm. Without a phone, people wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, the this, this social media is really what made the value of a phone go up, because if you if you don't ever add social media to a phone ever, no Facebook, no Instagram, no nothing. You take all that away, then phones would be seventy five dollars. Yeah, because it's what people do on these phones and the capabilities that these phones come with make these apps better. So the apps and the technology are basically one and the same. Um it's annoying though, man. I, I, these this this new iPhone it came out, 
And uh, this motherfucker is like the only thing they did was add another camera to it. <laughs> and people are going, they're losing their shit over a phone that's been the same for the past fucking seven years. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, um, but you're going to yeah. spend a thousand on this shit? It's crazy. I I personally have a Google Pixel and it's like the, the cheap version of the Google Pixel. Like they have, you know, they have like the the one with maybe more gigabytes or whatever. Yeah. Mine is like the phone that's practically the same, but it's just like the lower tier. Yeah. So it has like maybe one less option that than the other one does. The, the welfare version one. Yeah, pretty much. The EBT version. <laughs> I got a <laughs> Google EBT. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I have a Google Pixel. My phone is like $300 or something like that. It's a... Uh, pretty pretty cheap compared to a lot of other phones that it's and it's pr- just as all the phones do the same thing at the yeah, end of the day you, you can get on social media you can take pictures whatever they're all the same phone um so yeah i think that spending one thousand dollars on a phone is 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 just it's the it's capitalism in a microcosm right so yeah. it like people are Usually when these iPhones drop, people are lining up at the stores. And and also what happens is that you never, because they drop iPhones so frequently, you never pay them off. So it's just this constantly, like this constant loop of continually like just paying Apple or whatever phone company $40 a month or $30 or however much it costs. So it's just like a continual cycle, um, especially with these like jump programs and stuff like that. So they're just constantly like eating up your money. But if you like just let's just name some things that you can buy with a thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. You can buy a vehicle. Yeah. Like a solid like Honda or something with a thousand dollars. You go on like one of these apps like OfferUp or some other shit. You could buy a car for a thousand dollars. Yeah. It'd be an old one, but you could do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a trip. You could buy pussy with it. Um, you can buy a couple pussies with a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody say a thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, and not to mention the things where you can, you know, invest and actually like build, build for the future with it. Right. You buy a nice, like, you know, there's a got a lot of photographers and people wanting to get into the arts. You could buy a nice camera. With a thousand, yeah, you can buy podcast equipment with a thousand, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get a nice setup for a thousand dollars, believe it or not. Yeah, you talk about. I think about starting up a podcast. You, hey, guess what else you could do? Right, I got this genius idea. You know what else you could do with a thousand dollars? You could start a fucking savings account. Yeah, because the same people spending a thousand dollars probably don't have that same amount of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. They probably saved up a thousand dollars and they fucking spent it on a phone yeah or even if you don't like what are those contracts like three years i don't know i don't have a fucking iphone but you ha- you pay your monthly on your phone is what i'm saying oh yeah this one yeah. but it, i forgot how much it was but it wasn't nowhere near no thousand no, not the price i'm talking about the ex- like the length in which you pay i can't remember dude oh it usually no- it's like three years so if you if you were to just take that money and then just buy a regular samsung or something that's a lot cheaper yeah or a google pixel Hopefully one day we get a Google Pixel sponsor. But if you just bought bought a way cheaper phone, right, just put that same amount of money, whether it's $40, $50, or whatever you're spending each month on that phone, and like Eddie said, throw it in a savings account, that your money would just start growing rapidly. That'd be growing, man. Mm -hmm. Like, 
It's just that people develop these bad habits and, and you're, you have a phone and it's like this phone can't do anything for you. Yeah. It can't. You're doing the same thing on that phone that everybody else is doing. Yeah. There's some motherfucker right now with Boost Mobile, right? And he's got Boost Mobile phone and the phone is slow. The internet ain't great. Um, and they're still watching the same shit you're watching. Yeah. You know? And I, I guess the big selling point is the they have the three camera. Well, there's different tiers. So there's yeah. you know, they have like a bunch of different iterations of it. Some with just the two cameras on the back. Yeah. But I guess they added a... Uh, I guess it's a like a self, not a selfie one, but there's three cameras. One is like a regular photo, one is like a telephoto lens, and then I guess one is like an extremely wide thing. So I guess their big selling point is actual photography on this iPhone. Hmm. But in reality, um, if you want it, if that's the selling point, then you should just buy a real photography. Buy a camera. real fucking camera. Yeah, and you're gonna have way more capabilities with it. Um, you're gonna be able to change lenses. You're gonna be able to. You know, buy different things. Uh, you know, it's you're just gonna have more versatility with a real camera versus something that's acting as a camera and, a, and like a, a text message machine and something where you can call people on. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I think that, like I mentioned though earlier, man, um, we give the phone value. Yeah, like, the value of the phone is not what it's not. It's not like comparable to what we give it. Yeah. So a person that wants this phone, they're like, oh, I could take different selfies with this phone. I could take more clear pictures of my fucking ass with this phone. Yeah. I could go to the club and take pictures of all my friends. Like people, they put they put the value on this phone because that's what they do. Like Mm -hmm. people are not really photographers to buy this phone. Yeah. They have their own fucking equipment. Most I've noticed what I've noticed. I could be wrong, but I noticed most people that are in the photography they might have a phone with fucking two two thousand cracks on the screen, yeah, and they don't even give a fuck. They but the they pictures actually, they take is a one. Yeah, the pictures they take is great, but their phone looks like shit. Yeah, so yeah, it's one of those things, man. I, I don't. I, I you're not gonna catch me with an iPhone ever because I just don't like the way it's set up for one. And then people with iPhones always think they're cool. I yeah. don't get it. Oh, you ain't got no iPhone. You don't have an iPhone. I had girls send me certain emojis and I can't see it. I'll be like, what is that? you don't have an iphone i'm like no but i got it like what does it matter yeah you know like but i sent you some hearts you didn't get it like no i didn't get no, <laughs> i got a bunch of question marks but i didn't get no fucking hearts <laughs> you can't see no hearts now you probably got like an old nokia you know it's gonna you know what iphone's gonna do it's gonna just really draw the line they're gonna make it to world when like a chick try to send you nudes it ain't gonna come. It's just gonna come as question marks. Damn. <laughs> I'm be pissed off. I'm be like, nigga, now I gotta get an Apple phone. <laughs> I'm not getting no news. Force. Yeah, I ain't getting no nudes no more, man. I gotta get a fucking iPhone, man. Yeah, yeah. It sucks, man. I think, you know, part of this is keeping up with the Joneses, too. Yeah. People be feeling like they need a new phone. In reality, they don't, man. No. It's like all these, like I said before, all these phones do the same thing. When I, my, um, what you call it? I usually upgrade when my phone starts acting weird. I, uh, yeah. It's when time it, for me. Yeah. I know you were talking about earlier, your, your, the freaking earpiece on your thing doesn't work. Yeah. Mine is like, usually I, I think I've had three phones. I think I went to, I started New Mexico state in like 2015, I believe. Um, and I've had, I've only had two different phones since then i think i went in there with the phone that i had for a couple years and then i got a new phone when i was there and then i recently this year got uh got got another phone so 
I mean, me for me, when the phone starts, um, a lot of my phones start like slowing down and like it starts dying really, really fast because you you know you've been using it for so long or you need to wipe the too many holes, clean. man. Yeah, too many nudes, um, too many holes in my phone. <laughs> 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 too many holes trying to get a podcast set up. <laughs> I can't help you with no podcast. <laughs> I can't help you with no podcast. <laughs> Bitch, take all your clothes off. <laughs> I can help you with the smack cast, though. <laughs> Is this how you start a podcast? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> All right, I'm going to come already. Jesus uh, Christ. Buddy. We're talking about that over the phone. What's that? About just how people, they, they're they using uh, their need for help as a way to try to, like, communicate with you or just to be, like, yeah. you know, try to flirt with you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. It'll start out like, hey, I have this short film idea. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, can you imagine if that played out like as like a movie? They'd be mm-hmm. like, I've been wanting to write a script, but it's really, really hard. Yeah. And then you'd be like, what? They'd be like, yeah, it's really, really hard. And then the next thing is like, harder, harder. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this guy had a really dope joke, and I thought it was genius, but he didn't. Uh, the way he performed it was, um, I can't even say it right. Like, I don't know, remember the joke verbatim. But it was a really great joke, and I was really impressed. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It started out, he was talking about like, some joke about a dog and then some like he was saying like he was like he was acting like he was barking like a dog so he's like rough 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 and then somehow the joke like turned sexual or mm. like i don't know how he set it up but he was like rough 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 rougher 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 <laughs> rougher and i was like yo dog this is genius yeah. <laughs> um but like he's i think he said it too fast and it didn't land as good as it could have been yeah but, like i was like yo i wanted to talk to him afterwards like yo that was really good but yeah yeah, I just think you caught it because you actually do comedy. People, and, they heard it, but it was like if he if he paused instead of like overlapping his joke so much, like it yeah. would have landed like way better. Yeah, that's how it is, though. Yeah. I don't know. You're just trying to get the jokes out and you don't realize how fast you're going. Yeah, I, I've done that before. I was putting the jokes out, but you, you need to take more time in between the jokes so it could actually like uh, resonate with the yeah. people receiving the joke. Let people laugh and then, you know, they'll be they can hear you can hear better when you're not laughing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this fucking iPhone, uh, you, you talked about the uh, people having tripophobia. Yeah. Where um, they can't see consecutive circles, like it does something to them. That is, uh, so the phobia means like your the fear of. So yeah. the tripophobia is the fear of too many circles or too many small bumps or something like that. Yeah. So when uh, when they released the the phone, there were. Not a lot. There was a small small community of people basically saying like, "Oh, this is triggering my tripophobia," and um, I was like, "What the heck? What is tripophobia? Like, why are these people so outraged?" And then I looked it up, and then I like I seen that definition. But my only thing is like, okay, like whatever. You're afraid of too many. You're afraid of too many circles in a row. But like, if 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 Apple or whatever companies went around trying to divert their products away from everything that everybody fears like you wouldn't be able to make anything i'm sure there's true there's there's people there's people that are afraid of clowns if the people that wrote it and directed it and produced it um was concerned about that small community of people then they wouldn't be able to make a great movie exactly so it's like you can't really 
create products based on a small group of people that are afraid of whatever. Right. That's very true. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't be able to do anything if we left it up to that small community of people that are affected by something. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody like, I don't appreciate uh, people uh, making uh, hamburgers on TV because I'm addicted. No, I'm not addicted. I'm allergic to beef Mm -hmm. and my son's allergic to beef. And it's not right. I'd be like, well, fuck both of y'all. You're going to get these burgers. Yeah. Uh, One thing they also can do is um, not buy an iPhone. Right. It's a simple solution. Yeah, just don't buy an iPhone. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be offended by things Dave Dave Chappelle says, don't watch his special. If you don't want to be affected by the tripophobia in the the multiple circles on an iPhone, don't fucking buy it. Don't look at it. If you got a problem with beef... On a commercial, then just don't buy beef and don't look at commercials with beef. Okay. What if, what if a tripophobia person, like he was, uh, he was chilling with this girl, everything was going really, really good, and then he got her naked, and then she just pulled up her shirt and she had some big old areolas, areolas, and his tripophobia got triggered. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Your areolas are so big. Dude, some girls got some huge nipples. Like it'd be looking like a pepperoni. Yeah. You'd be like, you be about to suck her breast. Like, am I a Blaze Pizza? <laughs> is this Blaze Pizza? What the fuck is going on in here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all good, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to the big nipples. All right. Um, yeah. Switching gears. Um, rejection builds character. Um, a lot of people get discouraged by rejection or they get mad when they're rejected or they shut down when they're rejected. But I think you should do contrary to that. I think that whatever it is you're going after or trying to do when shit doesn't work out, then you can't shut down. Yeah. There's been multiple times where I wanted job opportunities and it didn't work. And I was like, I I put all of my thoughts and energy into it and it didn't work. And I was like, fuck, man, I wanted that job. But then I knew immediately I had to go and get back on my grind and get a job. Yeah. Then uh, it could be dealing with women. I face rejection all the time. I get rejected by women all the time. It's not like I'm actively out there trying to get at them and this and that. But I can see when the shit's not going to work. Like as a man, when you talk to enough women before, you may have a little bit of a conversation you can see that they're not really in tune with it. And to me, that's a form of rejection, but not really because it's like, uh, yeah, I'm not fucking with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool. I ain't mad at that. But I'm not like, oh, man, like nobody ever is going to like me. Like I have tons of women that like me. And that's only because I am okay with the, je- the rejection that came before them. Mm-hmm. So I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. That's the, that's the way I go into that situation. But I've also had chicks that, have rejected me and then down the line they come back and then they're writing me so i'm like yeah i want some podcast dick now (laughs) (laughs) i think that a lot of times women women after they reject you they still pay attention i think that women will reject you and then see how you react because some men are such pussies that they'll get rejected and be like man fuck that bitch she a hoe anyways i don't care and they talking shit But when a woman rejects you and you go about your life and you keep being great and you have a podcast and you doing good for yourself (laughs) and you're doing all this shit, they will come back. Yeah. Because all the dudes that they rejected you for, your value is higher than all of these motherfuckers. 
yeah. and they know it. And that's when they start throwing a pussy back at you. And you're like, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. The dick is a little bit. It's appraised at a higher rate now. Yeah. This is some podcast dick now. <laughs> let, me, let me make let me put you into my, my, my schedule and see if we can get that to work. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, talk to my publicist and see if we can get this going. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, as far as rejection, it's definitely good. Um, you know, dealing with dealing, it's like dealing with women is good because, or just any sort of relationship. Um, even what I talked about earlier, like if that guy, I kind of rejected the guy as far as, you know, him being my understudy for photography or whatever. Hopefully that drives him to be like a great photographer. Right. Maybe I'm like the, that's like his origin story. And he's right. a super villain. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be the best photographer ever. he gonna be like he gonna be like uh he he probably just gonna give up man and be like you know what fuck it broke niggers unite (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah so um but like definitely with relationships i think it i think it's good to deal with that rejection early in your in your in your life yeah like elementary junior high days because sometimes you can um even if you don't pursue if you're a person that's not necessarily like actively pursuing women and then all of a sudden you get to you know uh college and stuff and you're trying to like holler at girls you're finally building up the courage to talk to women and then you realize that you're facing that same rejection that you should have faced in junior high and then like right. your whole your whole perception is skewed after that and Definitely. you may deal with it differently as an adult you know oh yeah cuz if a girl says, you know, she hates you or she doesn't like you or she checks no on the little paper you slipper uh, when you're in junior high, a week later you're probably going to forget about that. But you know, yeah, definitely your 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 whole uh, what is it the frontal cortex or whatever? Yeah, you're yeah. It, it's not fully developed, man. Yeah, not until your late twenties. Yeah, so if you start develop if that thing is fully developed and then the girl rejects you, you might it might get ugly for you. <clears throat> but, nice, uh, man. But yeah, so you know, rejection is healthy. Even for 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 me, when it comes to um, small rejections that I faced, as far as like maybe my film didn't get into a film festival, or you know, I asked uh, a certain situation and I uh, I wasn't offered a job, or you know, I tried to work with someone and they you know they didn't write me back, or whatever the case may be, I just use all of that as motivation because I've been in situations where I was supposed to work with someone. And then uh, we did a little bit of like a maybe a trial run and we we did some work together, maybe shot a video or whatever. And then, you know, I didn't hear from them for a long time. And yeah. then, you know, you you see them on social media weeks later or something like that. And basically someone else is in the position that I would I was supposed to be in. Right. And I'm just like, OK, that's cool. Um, we got this podcast. The podcast is booming. Me and my finesse guys were working on stuff. Me and, me and my other friends were constantly working on stuff. I'm going to shoot a movie. Like, I'm just speaking it into existence. I'm going to shoot a movie, um, probably the biggest movie that has been done in Bakersfield next summer. And, yes, sir. you know, I just keep like, I just keep that in the back of my mind. Yes. So that value. Just, that just be driving me every single day. Like, that's value. why sometimes like if you guys follow me on Instagram, I'll be up like, you know, 12 o'clock and 12 o'clock at night or something just writing. Or, um, you know, just posting stuff on my Snapchat. Or even when I'm not, like, posting stuff, like, I'm generally um, actively, like, working towards, like, my goal. 
And in the back of my mind, it's always like, okay, like I remember that email I sent that you didn't respond to. I remember that that DM I sent that you yep. didn't respond to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what drives you ultimately is value too. Like, mm-hmm. um, you don't worry about the rejection because you know where your value is. Exactly. I, I think that um, uh, there could be like in in regards to the dating thing, there are women that I could talk to now, and I'm like, hey, I'd like to take you out, have some drinks, let's talk. And I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of talking to somebody or whatever. You could tell when they're bullshitting you. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't take any offense to it. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking is this, like, at the end of the day, you don't see my value. Like, my value is higher than yours. I'm not being yeah. fucked up. Like, yeah. my value is higher than yours. <clears throat> you rejected me. I'm fine with that. But don't be trying to come back when you start seeing this shit booming. You know, yeah. and be like, hey, Eddie, we really need to hang out. And I'll be like, well, yeah, this dick costs too much now. So I don't know if you're going to be able to. I'm married uh, to the game now. Married to the game now. Yeah. So you got to have a, I'm only fucking celebrities now. <laughs> no no more chicks in Bakersfield. <laughs> no, but- that's, a, that's a normal thing, though. I think mm-hmm. I'm sure you've experienced it already where you try to talk to a girl in the past or something like that. And, oh, yeah. You know. Maybe you were you just a regular college, you know, regular college student at BC working yeah. at Sears or whatever, whatever you're doing or whatever place you were in your life. And then yeah. now it's not necessarily that you're famous, but it's that yeah. your your mindset is totally different. Right. You know what I mean? You think you think about the world differently. Exactly. Um, and then you're actively doing things. You got a better job. You got a podcast. You're, yeah. Like you got a good source of income. And then you're also working towards something outside of uh you know your main source of income 100%. So people see that and social media is reality for some people, right? Right. So I'm just a regular nigga. But <laughs> if you looked at my social media, you'd be like, "Oh, damn, this nigga's doing stuff." <laughs> <laughs> Keith is genuinely doing things though. It's not, you know, um I I think that what what he and we are trying to do um I think it, it means a lot. And I think the people at the very beginning of this whole journey uh, from the outside looking in are going to have their opinions like, yeah, they seem like they're pretty solid, but I don't know what, what you know, what they're going to, what's going to come of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how they're going to bring this to reality, but mm-hmm. I mean, look, only we know about that. I'm not trying to convince anybody of what's going to happen or anything. Just know that I know my value. Keith knows his. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I feel. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the rejection because it's done a lot for me. I, I've seen so much in regards to, uh, I don't know, uh, like I mentioned, the whole dating thing. You know, dealing with chicks that have rejected me many times. I'm a grown man. I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit that. That's real. That's happened many times. Yeah. I, face, I face rejection all the time. It's nothing. Some people think rejection is bad. Like, dang you. You you have a problem dating girls like I don't have a problem dating them, but I face a lot of rejection. Yeah. It's just a part of life, you know. Yeah, not every girl is gonna like you. No, they're not gonna yeah. like, and they don't have to either. There's some people that you know. It doesn't matter how you perceive yourself. You right. might be a confident person, mm-hmm. um, but you could be in a circle, um, and you you may think that you're you know you're more fit than the guy next to you, or you exactly. look better, or whatever. And the girl likes. The guy next to you. Yep. Don't like, seem oh. fucking with you. Yeah. But see, this is what happens when you have high value. See, this is the problem. When you have high value, but that value is not showing yet, right? Mm-hmm. And you're at the beginning of your journey, whatever it is, you might barely be uh, working towards your degree or your podcast audience is growing or, you know, you just started a job that pays a lot of money, but you ain't got paid yet. Whatever the case. Yeah. 
when you're at the beginning of, you know, doing your thing and women don't see that value yet, they go to a guy that they think they see the value in. They fuck with him. That guy's not shit. And then they come running back. Yeah. That's I've had that happen many times. And I ain't I'm not fucking I'm not Brad Pitt by any stretch of the of, of the mind. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, women know what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. they know like, hey, this guy's doing something. He's not doing shit. They know it. Yeah. Um. Regardless if it's a job that rejects you, a woman that rejects you, an opportunity. I, I, I think in the grand scheme of it all, you uh, you grow stronger from what you don't get because that's not what how life works anyways. Yeah. Life doesn't work like that. Like, I was supposed to get that. That was mine. Like, yeah. it wasn't meant for you, buddy. <laughs> if it was meant for you, you would have had it. Yeah. I think, you know, people also tend to gravitate towards things that they're not familiar with. Right. Like there's not a lot of people that do what we do in Bakersfield. Exactly. So there you go. It may seem like, you know, it's really like it's really popping out here. Right. So, you know, that's cool. It's fine though. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, there's a ton of people that will gravitate to some fuck shit going on in town. Like if we had a live podcast and say, Hey, we're going to have a live podcast episode 100 whatever we invite people and let's say some random dancer guy from bakersfield is like yeah i'm having a dance party everybody's gonna jam out off the podcast and not come to it and go to that bullshit (laughs) dance party and then two three years from now me and keith fucking explode and that motherfucker that's from bakersfield doing the dance party ain't doing shit yeah that's how that's how it works yeah you have to see your own value you have to realize what that means and just 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 believe in yourself, man. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I think uh I did, I think we're in a uh, a really amazing space and um we surrounded ourselves with people with like minded people. People yeah. where you can call and it's uh it it goes from a conversation about what you which you originally call for, which is generally in a workspace. Right. Like, oh, I might call Eddie about an idea, and we just end up talking about something totally different. Right. Yeah. Or I'll call one of my friends, Joey. He's a guy that I like to bounce a lot of uh, screenwriting ideas off of or just ideas about film production, and we're just talking, 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 and just trying to figure out a way to master this art, trying to figure out a way to master the podcast, trying to figure out a way to master, like, you know, business or whatever the case may be. And uh, it's just dope to to be able to uh, talk to people and communicate with people um, like that. So that's why I, I, when 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 I seen that that uh, that statistic or idea about Bakersfield being the number one destination for millennials, I didn't really like I just seen the headline. I haven't fact checked it or I haven't looked at the reason why people do believe that. But just from looking at the people that we communicate with on a daily basis, yeah. daily basis, I can see why. Yeah, um, that's true. Like I know people, um, girl named Amanda. She she has her own studio where she sews and she so she does sewing classes and she she sews uh, uniforms for plays and you know musicals and stuff. And um, I know another girl. She has her own. Uh, own hair care products that she's putting together and she has her own salon and you know all these people are the same age as me and it's it's a beautiful thing to see you know people out here really thriving yeah definitely man Mm -hmm. definitely um 
Shout out to Todd Jones. Um, mm-hmm. I've known him for a long time. He's obviously been on the podcast, but he's somebody I could hit up. And he's not too good to answer the phone. They'll be like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. And we'll just chop it up, you know? Yeah. Um, Todd is a real nigga. He's a real dude, man. Yeah. He's a real cat. He just popped up at, like, the, the comedy show. Yeah. And all kind of shit, man. You know, so that's that's legit. Mm-hmm. Like, for him to jump, to come out and jump on a platform that he doesn't have himself. Like, Todd doesn't have a podcast himself. Yeah. You know? Um, he and could he, really be tucked away and not, he, yeah. not have not really do anything yeah he popped up like yo hey like he it's almost like i had mentioned the idea of him being on the podcast like quite a while ago mm-hmm. and then like i don't know how many like 54 weeks it was fit, week 53 he was like damn like he probably's like yeah these, still doing these niggas still doing it yeah. <laughs> so he was like he pulled up like he pulled up on me like hey what's up i'm ready for the podcast what's yeah. up and i was like oh shit I'm like all right cool Pulled up in that IA parking all crooked and whatnot. Yeah, pulled up in a in a uh, over a hundred thousand dollar car <laughs> back then, crooked as a motherfucker. <laughs> all right, a five dollar parking job. Yeah, five dollar parking in this <laughs> over a hundred thousand dollar car. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. Um, yeah. But one one last story, man, is a, is a story of rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in like week thirty something, I think week twenty something or thirty. And yeah. we really had the podcast rolling. Mm-hmm. And we had a small audience, not a ton of people, but I reached out to someone from Bakersfield that I considered um, someone that was our peer. Yeah. Um, someone that was doing something that I was interested in. And I was like, oh, that's dope. He would be a cool person to have on there. He has a really good POV. You know, he went to, I don't even want to say where he went because I don't want nobody throwing no shade. But anyways, <laughs> reached out to the guy and he was like, oh, definitely, man, whatever. So, He's like, here's my number. So he shot, I shot him my number. He shot me mine. And then I hit him up. And I was like, hey, uh, we do the podcast at this time, this time. And, you know, we could come on your turf and do it there. Or we could, you could do it here. And he was like, okay, cool. Right. When I text him time to come to the podcast, I didn't get no response. So I waited. I didn't even double text. I just mm-hmm. waited, waited, waited. And I seen this dude on Instagram, Facebook, posting all the time. Then I seen him on Instagram posting all on his story, being all cool and shit. I'm like, oh man. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's on their phone that much, they see all the traffic coming in their phone. Yeah. Right. And uh he intentionally just ignored my request and, and 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 had previously had agreed to come on. Yeah. So I said, what I'm gonna do from here on out is we're going to organically choose our guest. Yeah. Like I'm not begging nobody for nothing. And uh good thing we never had him on cuz that 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 who knows how that would have went if that's how you're going to act that you, you don't have a reliable personality. Yeah. And every person that we've had on this podcast has a very reliable personality. Mm-hmm. Um every single guest we've had has been great and we've trusted them. Mm-hmm. So I think what came good from that is you know obviously it was a a, a feeling of rejection but it was also um you when you persevere past that situation, then it makes it that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to be begging nobody for shit. You know that those things feel good when it's like, oh, okay, um, you for whatever reason you, well, two things, right? So 
if you didn't, if he didn't want to come on the podcast, I felt like that's what we were talking about earlier. Like yeah. the power in saying no. Yeah, you're Just right. Say, like, yo, like I'm not going to do it. I'm too busy. That's right. fine. Perfectly fine. Um, it also feels good when you could be like, hey, like come on the podcast for whatever reason. He, he rejects us. He doesn't come on the podcast. And then we have one of the most successful YouTubers come on, like right, <laughs> and right, mm-hmm. exactly. One of the most successful YouTubers in the city. He's only number two out there. Who else is more successful than Todd? There's some. There's some people out there. It's only a few. I've, I've looked at. Um, if you if you Google Bakersfield YouTubers, there's a couple people. There's probably yeah. three or four with actual uh, like Numbers. a million subscribers. Yeah. Uh, so Todd, like he's Todd is somewhere up there. Yeah, though. Todd is definitely up there, top yeah. five, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because there'd be people that are extremely successful that we don't even know. Right. We don't even know are here. Like I was just talking to, to Eddie before the podcast, and um, there's uh, Jerry Ferrer. Jerry Ferrer is a guy on Power. He's Joe Proctor on Power. He's a guy from Entourage, and uh, extremely successful actor. And one of my friends' grandmas had seen him in a grocery store. She just like chopped it up. I don't know what the conversation was like, but basically she found out that he lives in Bakersfield. That's crazy. So I was like, man, yeah, this, this is, wild. De- this is definitely a place to disappear. He probably doesn't want to fuck with L.A. Uh, yeah. The place I mean, is a terrible place to live. L.A. is yeah. terrible. Yeah. And when you have money, um, they, you know, you could you could get anywhere you want to. Yeah. Here in the city, he probably likes to drive to the store. And yeah. Who knows where he's really from? So he's from New York. Oh God! Being in those congested cities all your life, and then you move to L.A., which is also congested. Mm-hmm. You come to Bakersfield. We're privileged out here. Yeah, if we want to go to the store, the mall, the gym. We could go to all these places without worrying about too much fucking traffic. Yeah. So, and the internet has like you know globalized everything. So definitely you can do anything from anywhere. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, looks like we came to the end of this episode. Good stuff, man. I like. Yeah, I like, like these to thank- combos. Definitely, man. I think that that's the most that's the best part of this week mm-hmm. that of the week or the podcast in general is having these conversations. It kind of like it's like has a therapeutic quality to it. Yeah. Like a lot of the thoughts that are in the back of your mind that you want to get out into the world, you could put them and record them and just put them out. Mm-hmm. And like nobody could be like they can't contest it and go crazy. Like if you post your thoughts on Facebook, you got a million motherfuckers in the comments and you mentioned, that ain't right. I don't like that. Then you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But when you unapologetically say shit that you want to say or you be funny the way you want to be funny or whatever, people are going to gravitate to it on the podcast or they're not. Yeah. Like, if I want to talk about pussy juice on here, then I could talk about it. Yeah. I could talk all about all the different types of pussy juice that exist in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Different qualities of pussy juice. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, see what I'm saying? It's a very awkward comedy, but <laughs> you can do shit like that on podcasts. You can't do shit like that on Facebook. If I mention pussy juice on Facebook, somebody's gonna inbox me like, "Is everything okay?" Ah, uh, like, nah, everything's fine. I just want some pussy juice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's funny. All right, man. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Episode 77. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.